Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Amaka. Um, I am in a tiny house. <laughs> At the time of this recording, I am on my month-long hiatus. If you listen to the episode immediately preceding this one. I talked about how I just ended my time at my first job as a nurse practitioner and I talk a lot about why I left and more details, the reasons behind it and ultimately me leaving and me starting my new position. I kind of timed it to where I would have the month of July off. So with it being my birthday month, I was thinking of maybe taking a couple of weeks, but then I was like, you know what? How often do we really have a choice such as this in terms of the time we can take off? So I was like, I'm going to take a full month. So this entire month of July, I am not working, which I understand is very much a privilege because not everyone can take this much time off and still be okay. So I'm very, very, very appreciative of the fact that I am able to do this. And knowing that I want to make the most of this time. So a lot of things creatively that I have had in mind to do for a long time, I am prioritizing them this month. I mentioned in the previous episode too that there are a lot of life events that I have chronicled in pictures that I want to take out of my devices and put into actual books. So I'm working on that right now. And just prioritizing more reading. I was still keeping up with reading while working, but it was harder because of my schedule. Thankfully, I had some downtime at work on occasion to where I was able to read and I tried to read on the train on my way to work. But there's really nothing like uninterrupted deep focused reading and that I think not just with reading but just with like my personal goals is part of the reason why I am where I am right now in terms of physical location so at the time of this recording I am in a tiny home And I'm not sure if everyone listening knows what a tiny home is. I'm not going to assume. So it's pretty much like a, like a, it's a house, but it's very small. If you were to Google tiny house or tiny home, it would give you an idea. So it pretty much just has all the essentials, but it's a beautiful tiny house. Pretty much has a full kitchen, a little table space which is where I am recording the podcast right now and a little lounge area with a couple of chairs 
there's a ladder that goes up to the small loft where the bed is and there is a full bathroom so in terms of you know essentials I'm not lacking and the tiny home is nestled on a private farm property and it's an Airbnb so I booked this tiny home Airbnb for two days kind of like me coming here in my mind signified a turning point like I wanted to physically remove myself for a time from New York and its craziness it's you know it's the city that never sleeps quite literally which is good and bad you know um when it comes to the conveniences that you have you can pretty much get anything you want at any time of the day but it's hard to quiet the mind at least for me I'm just going to speak for myself it's hard for me to quiet the mind there it's hard for me to feel calm and still sometimes and sometimes it's difficult for me to really get deep into what I want to do for myself whether it's reading whether it's writing whether it's meditating just things that make me feel like me and I was thinking about this this morning how you know I'm not going to always be able to retreat to a tiny house when I need to do some deep introspective work So I was like, I need to figure out how to wade through the friction of my life in New York, you know, and do what I need to do there because I'm not always going to be able to take a month off and drive five hours away to, you know, a farm with a tiny house where there's complete quietness and stillness. As amazing as it is right now, I won't always have that opportunity. So that's kind of what's in the forefront of my mind right now. Like, how can I bring with me what I feel in this environment everywhere that I go? You know, how can I feel the calmness and the stillness and the focus that I feel right now everywhere I go. If I need to retreat within myself, if I need to turn inward, if I need to really like dig deep for myself or for a creative endeavor, how do I do that without feeling like I need to run away? And I've been hesitant with saying those two words run away because it makes it sound like I don't like my life. And that's so far from the truth. There was definitely some time of adjusting from my life before moving here and then my life after here. And I have to be completely honest and say I am just now. (laughs) And I say this as I am not in New York, but... I am just now, as I'm approaching the six-month mark of this change, 
I am just now feeling like, okay, I'm just now feeling like, like, I don't know how to really explain it, but I will try. I feel like these past few months, and I'm only realizing this having now as I'm coming out of it, um, these past six months have been tough, tough for me. They've been tough. And with every episode to where I said, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing well, I'm doing the best I can. It was the truth in that time. But me thinking back, it was tough. And the job had a lot to do with it. And, you know, if you haven't listened to the other episode, I would highly encourage you to do so. The one that's titled, I quit my job, exclamation point. I don't go into details. Like, I don't go into, like, the nitty gritty. But I do share what ultimately made me decide that I had to leave. It just, at the end of the day, wasn't the right place for me as a nurse practitioner. And kind of realizing that slowly and then trying to figure out what to do next you know was a large part of the stress that I was going through but having moved past that last Friday was my last no last Thursday the 30th was my last day and then you know we had the holiday weekend And now, you know, I'm moving into this month of my time being mine and kind of the freedom and responsibility of what that means and not wanting to squander it, not wanting to waste it. So as as amazing as it sounds that I have a month off of personal time, there's pressure that I'm putting on myself too like I don't want to squander it like I would hate if the end of the month came along and everything that I had set out to do I did not do so I'm working to use this time to rest and recover from the last five plus months but also to reset and set my intentions for the rest of the year because we are officially in the second half of the year july on is um, the second half of 2022 and another reason why i decided to take this time off was to think about what i want for myself for the rest of the year think about what I have my sights set on, think about what goals I want to accomplish. And anyone out there that's listening, I encourage you also too to think about what this turning point in this year might mean for you and how you can use it to the best of your ability. So that's pretty much it for me. I got here yesterday night, drove 
I left New York at about 12.30, drove a couple of hours, made a pit stop, got some food, drove another couple of hours, made another stop at Wegmans, which is like a big grocery store in the mid-Atlantic region. Because I knew where I was going. There is not much outside of, you know, remote homes and you know, just nature. So I stopped at the grocery store to pick up the food that I would eat while I'm here. And then I drove another like hour to my destination. So all in all, it took about six and a half hours to get here from New York City area to rural Maryland. And, um, I was in love with this tiny home when I saw it. I mean, it looked exactly like the pictures online, but it kind of didn't really do it justice. It's just so cute. I'll try to describe it. So there's like white trim wood aesthetic and there's a lot of foliage around it. There are a couple of chairs on the back deck where you can kind of just look on forever at the green and the mountains. And then I mentioned there's a ladder that takes you up to the little loft with the bed and there's a fully contained bathroom and there's a fully contained kitchen. And um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Maybe I will post a link if anyone is interested to where I stayed because by the time I posted I would have been long gone (laughs) but yeah and I wanted to also prioritize this month new experiences so at the end of May I was kind of just perusing Airbnb and I realized that they have now like categorized specialty home types so like if you want like a cabin or a beachfront or something like that you can kind of separate categories in that way depending on where you want to go and um I clicked on tiny homes and then I saw this one and I was like, oh, it's in Maryland. That's driving distance. And since I was able to book for the week, it was cheaper instead of the weekend. So I was like, I'm going to do it. So here I am and I'm here till tomorrow. So I will be here for two nights. So yeah, that is it, I guess, for me in terms of updates. And as promised, I am going to finish up with sharing my thoughts on The Sex Lives of African Women by Nana Darko Asakiyama. This book is sad. It has a lot of sad stories and when I say sad I mean the amount of stories that women in this book shared about experiencing sexual assault and sexual assault as a child were so heartbreaking to me. And it just had me thinking, why? Why are there so many women who share these harrowing experiences? And I just think about how 
in many different cultures, but, you know, speaking specifically about African culture and the subcultures within the African continent and beyond in the diaspora, there is a culture of shame around sexuality. There is a culture around silence with sexuality and with those two ingredients it breeds sexual assaulters usually men i don't think there was a story in this book where the assaulter was a woman towards another woman i i'm pretty sure the culture of shame and of silence breeds about the ability of these sick and insecure men forcing themselves on women and counting on the shame and silence around sex for them to not sing anything and having that be perpetuated over and over and over again because there are stories of these women who did not experience this once these recounts of sexual assault happened over and over and feeling powerless in this situation they would try to disassociate they would try to escape from themselves you know there are women who would almost like leave their bodies because the trauma in the moment was too great to bear and I'm just like what can be done what do we do because it is pervasive and it's just too much it's just too much and I know a lot of it comes from how women are raised to feel shame around sex, to feel taboo around sex, to not feel free about sex, to not feel free in their bodies, to be ashamed of their bodies, to not know their bodies, to just have their voices just be silenced, you know? And feel like what they say doesn't matter. To feel like nobody will believe them. And I am just so disheartened. Like, I can't even explain. It just really rips me apart. And it has me thinking, what can I do if I have daughters? What can I do to make sure that... God forbid this ever happened to them to make sure they would come to me and tell me. I think about how I would have to do a really good job of making sure they know that they can come to me, that they can ask me questions about sex, that they're not going to be ashamed that they're not going to be chastised or reprimanded for their curiosity. They're not going to be dissuaded from exploring their bodies, knowing what 
feels good versus what goes against who they are. I think about how the way women are raised really puts us at a disadvantage because the culture around being timid and domesticated and not ruffling any feathers and being obedient and just doing what you're told because you're a child and I am an adult can really work against a woman, a girl who thinks, okay, they're the adults. They quote unquote know best. And with that, the adult takes advantage and does the unthinkable. So it was, that was hard. That was hard. Just reading over and over the accounts of sexual assault from these women, I was just like, what the heck? What the heck? And it's just like everywhere, everywhere. And one thing from this book too that I took was you can't blame or fault any women for how they come back to themselves when it comes to their sexuality. Like you may not quote unquote agree with their lifestyle, but you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know how they got to where they are right now. You don't know what their relationship to sex was like before you met them in that moment. However, they presented themselves. There really is no room to judge. Because what they can be holding inside could completely change how you feel about them. But that shouldn't even matter. Whatever a woman decides to do, however her relationship with sex plays out, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone, leave them be. Leave them be. Because they might be on their journey of trying to reclaim their sexual agency, their sexual autonomy. They might be on a journey toward reclaiming their sexual selves and feeling, figuring out what feels good to them. Figuring out how to enjoy sex without trauma or re-traumatizing themselves. So when it comes to that theme in the book, I just came away with one, this is just incredibly, I don't even have the words really. And two, I was thinking about what can I do? You know, if I have daughters If I have nieces, if I have, you know, any girl around me in my world who is young and still impressionable, how can I help them? How can I help equip them against these type of forces that may try to 
take this away from her, take away her autonomy, take away her agency, silence her, make her feel less than, make her feel shame, make her feel like it's her fault. I feel like more work needs to be done and I need to figure out how to help in that regard. You know, especially from the mental health space that I come from. What can I do? And also under the topic of shame, I think about how a lot of us are raised to view our bodies. We're taught to cover up. We're taught to close our legs. We're taught to, you know, not be free with our bodies. And it took me a long time well into my 20s and now I still struggle with it a little but I'm not even gonna lie like looking at myself in the mirror completely naked looking at the most intimate parts of myself like knowing myself intimately knowing what you know women in general knowing what our vaginas look like have have you guys ever (laughs) taken a mirror and looked down there and really inspected and looked at what it looks like no a lot of people haven't because doing something like that is gross and shameful no that's your body just like you know you have your arms you have your legs you have your stomach you have your breasts you have your vagina you know and knowing our bodies intimately without any context of shame i think is one way we would be able to lift the veil of shame and silence because knowing the truth of ourselves knowing the truth of our bodies would leave very little room for anyone on the outside to come and tell us lies about ourselves because we've already established what's true for us so if there's anyone out there listening to me a woman who has never really been acquainted with what their body looks like who perhaps you know has never like slowed down while they're undressing or changing and really looked at themselves, I implore you, like, take a minute, look at your body, look at your body, look at every crevice, look at every curve, look at how it's shaped, look at the most intimate parts of yourself, and really take it all in. Because starting that work of really knowing yourself and knowing what you look like and realizing, discovering what the truth is for you when it comes to your body, when it comes to sex. Figuring that out for yourself, going on that journey and figuring those truths out for you will leave little to no room 
for anyone to tell you otherwise and try to persuade you any other way. I am on that journey and I know other people are too. But if there's anyone out there who's listening to me who has yet to really think about it, I encourage you to do so. You might be surprised. Or I would even venture to say you will be surprised of what you discover. And with that, you will be that much stronger and less willing to let any other external source convince you otherwise. This book has so many different types of stories of women just outside of like the stories that involved sexual assault. It was just really enlightening to see how sex plays a role in the lives of women like me who were taught one way who were taught sex to be different than what they know it to be for themselves now. And I feel like we all have a journey to embark on when it comes to that, whether we want to do the work or not. It's all up to you, the listener. Perhaps you're not in that place to do it right now, and that's okay. But I am a believer that really doing that work for yourself can lead to nothing but like enlightenment for you. Why? Because I'm doing it for myself, and I don't regret it. Everyone's journey is definitely going to be different. Um whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're in a same-sex relationship, whether you're in a heterosexual relationship, whether you're asexual, it is going to look an infinite amount of ways. But that doesn't mean any particular type is better or worse than the other. It's you. It's just you, and that's enough. So, that's really what I wanted to focus on, kind of rounding out my discussion about the book. I highly recommend it, but it might take a little bit of time to finish, depending on your sensitivity with the subject. And I just want people to be aware of that but it's worth the read and I think it does a good job in just broadening the scope of how you may view sex and how women might relate to it as a concept as a role that it plays in their life and I think It brings about more understanding and less judgment. 
and taking that away from the book I think is more than enough for me personally so with that I'm gonna end the episode here as always I want to thank you guys for listening if this episode or any previous episodes have positively impacted you please share with others please recommend to others please write a review and rate on your preferred podcast platform if you would like to reach out to me feel free um, you can email me at btbwpodcast at gmail.com. That's btbwpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me via my social media, which is in the show notes. And again, I want to thank you guys for your support. And I also want to, again, thank all the new subscribers over the past month or so i hope you guys are enjoying the content and we'll stay a while so again thank you guys and i will talk to you all soon bye